Trading Nut, episode 179. I'm not going to do something that I don't like. Find your style. You know, I prefer the one in five minutes. And people say, oh, I can't trade that. And I'm like, okay, if it doesn't work for you, try, try the, the higher time frames. Um, and that's what I would say is, yes, it's good to take advice from people, but work, do what you feel comfortable doing. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of Trading. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today I want to tell you two things before we get into the show so please stay tuned for them because the second one is absolutely epic and I know you're going to want to hear it. But before we do I want to tell you about my guest. My guest today is Jamie Palmer. He's a Forex trader from the UK. Got a fantastic story to tell. There's so many lessons in here folks. I took so much away from this interview uh, and I know you are too. Uh, look, he didn't start off in Forex though, he started off in binary options. So if you remember that stuff, it's, I think, I don't even know if it still exists. But anyway, he started off there, he moved into Forex. Uh, he trades on real low time frames and uses an indicator he created himself. You're going to find out all about that uh, and how he makes his regular withdrawals, got his dream car and had a crazy, crazy winning streak. You're going to find out how long it went for uh, in the interview and in the video we shot after the show. So that's coming up in a second. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you about these two things. So the first one is the Trading Up Funded Cup. I've been saying that it's coming. Uh, the second one's coming in June. It's now June. It's actually been postponed until July. So please stay tuned for more details on that. You're going to see an ad pop up in a second. Uh, also, uh, we've announced the winners. There is a video, a live stream there. That you can go and check that out over on the site where the winners are announced. So congratulations to Steve Young. Well, I'm actually going to get him on the show as well in the future. So we're going to, I'm going to be recording an interview with him in a couple of days. So can't wait to hear how he managed to get, I think it was like 94% with the Trading Nut Funded Cup. Now, this is the big thing. This is the big thing I want to tell you about. So I'm doing something new here next week on the Trading Nut, well, with Trading Nut. Uh, it is a complete new thing, a concept that sort of came to my mind. Uh, and I thought, hang on a second, why don't I do this? And I think it's awesome. I think it's really awesome. So, you know, I've got a sponsor, right? City Traders Imperium. They offer uh, funding challenges to get funded as traders, as do many other companies out there. Now, one of the things that I do is I build trading robots. And I do one every single month for my members as part of the robot lab. But this time we're going to do something a little different. We're going to try and build it so that we can pass not just a funding challenge, but also pass and withdraw from one. Uh, so that's the idea. And it's a three-day live-streamed event. The price point is really cheap, so you guys will be able to afford this. It's a, it's, it's a three-day live event, and it's called the Algo Funder Mastermind, which means I'm going to build you guys a trading robot, and we're going to use our combined knowledge so everyone that attends, along with three expert traders that I'm going to pull in from the show, to come up with a strategy that can be dynamic enough uh, and will make it dynamic enough so that you can create your own uh, 
entries and exits so that you can avoid any limitations with funding programs around copying you know trades that perhaps robots are taking uh, so we're, we're going to do that it's going to be a three-day live event uh, you guys can join up to that it's all over there on the trading nut uh, site you'll be able to find it i'll make sure it's easy enough to find on tradingnut.com look on the sidebar look in the top nav look everywhere you'll find it or there'll be a link in the description here or uh, on the podcast you'll be able to see a link in the description so folks hunt around for it it's called the algo funder mastermind and the price point as i said it is Cheap as chips. So for three-day live events, so we're doing three sessions, one each day, and then I'm going to build the robot out, and I'm actually going to be building it in, along the along the journey, and uh, and so you guys are going to start to see in that three-day three-day event how this thing uh, is starting to come together, and we're going to tweak it and that sort of thing. So anyway, the price point is thirty-three dollars a day for three days, which works out at ninety-nine bucks. So guys, if you want to get involved in that, take part in that, uh, it's going to be awesome. There'll be a link below this video or in the podcast description, or you'll find it over there on tradingnut.com. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Folks, if you missed out on joining the Trading Nut Funded Cup, don't worry. With over 3,000 traders registered, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have decided to run another. But this time, they've promised the prizes will be even bigger and better. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, Click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description. Then sign up for free before mid-July 2022 and get 10% off any City Traders Imperium product just for entering the competition. Good luck, folks, and we'll see you in the cup. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Jamie Palmer in the house from The Binary Destroyer. He's got quite a different story or kind of story, I think, from a lot of my other guests. So I'm really pleased to have him on the show and get to hear the story, um, how he went from binary trading to Forex trading. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And how are things over there in uh, in Leicester? Sunny, yeah. heading to summer? Yeah, we're heading to summer. Um, it's pretty nice weather. We didn't win the Premier League this year, so I'm a little bit upset over that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's okay. We're, we're getting some. I've just recently moved house, so just settling with there, um, getting getting ready. No holidays planned at the minute. So, cool. and you were lucky enough to to get to New Zealand just before the pandemic hit, which we discussed before the show. Um, yes, and the country's been a lockdown ever since we're finally allowed to leave. Now, um, we're going to start off by finding out about your story, your journey into trading. So, how on earth did you get started? So, I started probably about eight years ago so before i got into trading i did a lot of kind of amazon ebay businesses kind of buying and selling on there and the one thing i've always been fascinated was stock trading uh the foreign exchange investing but obviously back then it wasn't as big as it was and it was hard to kind of you know get into that kind of thing it always it was more exclusive to, you know traders down in london and i was scrolling through facebook one day and i met a young guy and it driving around in some expensive car and i was like well what do you do at that age to afford that and he said oh i do binary signals and i was like okay that triggered my interest what is this if you've got that then i must be able to do the same <clears throat> and then that was it i got involved in the whole binary options you know signals account managements and like most things in binary just lost money i was just funding a, you know putting money in a trading account signing up through brokers and i was just losing money every single month and i thought to myself there must be 
a way around it. You know, they must be they must be actually be able to learn the charts. <clears throat> and that's where it kind of started from then, kind of going into more in depth, learning about the charts, about candlesticks, trends, support and resistance. And um obviously you mentioned about my indicator, the Bino Destroyer. Um and when I was learning a lot of price action, I thought I need some structure on my charts. I need to be able to see what, you know, where price is. Is, is it overbought? Is it oversold? Is it a downtrend? So I built an indicator, the Binance Destroyer, and I used to use that to trade. It was kind of guiding me on possible setups with Binance. And obviously I had a, you know, I went down two years of doing that and, you know, I'd make a bit of money, I'd blow the account and make more money, blow the account. And my biggest with binary is staying consistent, you know, because the win ratio is terrible. You know, you win, you know, you're losing more than you are winning. And over time, started getting there and I started making consistent profits. But my weakness, especially back then, was always consistently blowing account you know i'd gain 20 30 percent and then i'd lose 20 and then i'd build it back up to 30 lose 10 and that's kind of where i was um and obviously then a few years later they brought in the regulations with binary binary started getting banned in the uk and that's kind of when i made the switch to forex because i thought okay i've got the experience now i want to start taking it to the next level and that's when i started getting involved with forex trading started following a lot of big traders and i was like okay well this is it because you can see the the rewards they're getting you know one to five one to ten risk reward ratios i'm sitting there going wow you know this is a completely different level um of trading and that's kind of where i was now my style of trading is scalping so i prefer the one five 15 minute time frame so i kind of what i learned well, even though <clears throat> binary was kind of made a bit of money but it was a more of a learning curve the style of trading itself fast pace was what i enjoyed because the good thing about binary was it taught me about candlesticks you know you had to enter on a certain candlestick because with forex it doesn't really matter if your entry point slightly off because you put your stop loss up there, your target down here with binary, it's either you're winning by a pip or you're losing by a pip, you know, within 30 mm-hmm. seconds. So it was more about precision entry points. And what I took from binary, I put it into Forex. I thought, okay, let's just switch it up. Can't trade binary anymore, band, whatever. I'll switch over to Forex, go to the one five minute time frame. And I learned about, okay, well, this is where I'd normally enter a binary. And from there, I got really kind of more accurate with my setup, especially on the one and five minute of Forex. And I've kind of stuck with that style of trading ever since, you know, uh, scalping uh, one to one, one to two, one to three risk reward ratio. Because obviously you mentioned before this that you're more of a, I say you're more of a swing trader going for one to tens and stuff like that. Uh, and but I think for me, my style of trading is just short, fast pace. I'm not a trader that wants to hold trades for long periods of time. Um, my I like to just do my trading, get in, get out, and then that is it. You know, if I have a good day, it's great. Turn my computer down, walk away. 
Um, and that's kind of really where I've been ever since, you know, um, I've kind of st- stuck with that style of trading ever since that fast pace in and out. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I have been. That's kind of bit a bit about my story. And, and so like got a couple of questions on that. So you, were you working, uh, so you talked about Amazon and eBay sort of yeah, yeah. cybers. So did you have the cyber business while you were doing the trading or was it, were you working at day yeah, job? Yeah, so obviously I still worked a day job, but I was like, I want to get out of this kind of rat race. You know, I want to get out of a, a day job. <clears throat> so at night I would buy stuff on eBay and then sell it on for more. Same with Amazon, you know, a bit like drop shipping. Um, and it was great, but it was just saturated market. You know, everyone's doing it. And it was then I obviously met this guy and he piqued my interest. And I thought, wow, what are you doing at that, you know, to be able to drive one of them cars at that age? And that's kind of when it took me down to, you know, binary options, mm. forex trading. You know, you do a quick Google on that or YouTube and there's hundreds of thousands of videos. And I was like, wow, what is this? You know, I want to get into it. Um, and so that was so it. How, did you, how did you work your job around the education side of it and the practice and stuff. Cause I'm guessing, you know, your London session happens during the daytime in London. So yeah, yeah, yes it does. Yeah. How did you do so that? I am, um, I do most of my trading kind of late afternoon evening. Um, now when th- this is interesting because when I first got into trading, I decided there and then that is it. Like I'm not giving up until I'm successful at trading. And for the first few years it was very hard and it was a very kind of dark time because you fixate so much on wanting to trade. You know, you get up in the morning, you look in, because I used to work six till two and then a two till 10 shift <clears> rotating <throat> every week. So if it was on the six till two, I would trade the afternoon. If it was on the two till 10, I'd trade in the morning. So I'd either be in the London session or London close into New York session. But those, that two years was very kind of all I cared about was trading you know I'd watch YouTube videos I'd fall asleep watching YouTube videos at weekends I wouldn't see my friends um and yeah it was a very difficult time because you know especially when you work in a day job and you're trying to trade it's finding the time you know you, you're racing home from work to trade you, and you, you know you might get some setups you might not you know and you sometimes you feel a bit disheartened I've sat here for three hours nothing's happening what's going on um, but yeah, those two years was, you know, especially when you work in a day job is difficult learning to trade because, you know, you're spending so much time on trying to be on the charts, trying to learn new strategies. And were you, um, you back testing at all or were you just literally like, no, so I use a simulator now, but back then I didn't do anything. It was just spending a lot of time looking in front of the charts. And if I'm not on the charts, I'm watching YouTube videos. You know, and, and it was just sometimes you feel like you go around in circles because, you know, it's like weirdly there's this concept where, you know, if you want to be a full time trader, you're getting out of something, you're getting out of your day job. But to be a full time trader, you got to put everything in. So you find yourself you're doing more time, you know, you work in a day job, then you're trying to learn to trade. And it's just, you know, it's relentless. Um so yeah, but very kind of difficult time in the early days of trading, you know, because I can relate to a lot, you know, a lot of people say, you know, how, how, when is the best time to trade? You know, do I trade in the morning, do I trade at night? And I say, but 
I think at the start, nothing beats chart time. The more you spend on the charts, the more you're going to learn. You know, not necessarily watching video. I wouldn't say any particular video has kind of changed me, but just the more you spend on the charts, the more you're going to learn. You're going to pick up things. You're going to see how the market works. You're going to see how you react at certain certain points. And I would say, you know, that's kind of what I focused on was just every given chance I could spend time on the charts. And, and by, because you were like down on the lower time frames, one, five and 15 minute chat, charts, I mean, were you... Did that help you because you got to see more chart than, for example, somebody who was going to be trading a 15-minute entry strategy yeah. only? And Yeah, now you mentioned that. Yeah, I'd probably say because I don't think, you know, you, you've either got two sets of ways. You know, when I was going home from work, I used to trade the one and five minutes, which was good because you're getting a lot more setups. It's moving every minute. When you're trading more than 30, one hour or four hour, I don't think that start of trading is going to, you can't just come home from work and just stay out with a one hour chart for three hours because you're only getting three candlesticks. So, you know, that, but, but obviously I think if you're trading more of the higher time frames, it would be check your analysis in the morning, at lunchtime, at night. Um, but I would say definitely learning the one and five and even the 15 helps you for the higher time frames because it's the same concept. You know, you learn about the candlesticks, you see how they react and move at certain levels and you would just move that over to the higher time frame. You know, you can see, Oh, okay, this is on the one hour. Well, you know, it's roughly the same that's happening on the five minutes. I can see the engulfing candle, the rejection wick. And so, so yeah, when you mention that, I think definitely, in my early time of trading the one and five and spending a lot of time on the charts helped me because then you, you can put relate that to other time frames. And, I don't and how think. Did you, it, how did you like sort of, um, I suppose take that time and make it like worthwhile, i.e. not, not sort of like I'm, in, I'm sitting at the charts, I'm doing it now. Yes, here we are. How did you make that worthwhile so that you, you know, things got ingrained in you or you remembered things or you created this, you know, approach yeah i I don't see the first two it was difficult because you know you you race home it's like yeah you know i've won a few trades last night i'm going to go run home and do the trading again and it's difficult because you don't know what's going to happen on the charts that day you don't know if it's going to be flat you're going to make you know going to lose money you're going to make money and it was a very difficult time it was only really a few months, maybe even a year, I started to actually notice. I remember I had a laptop and it was connected to my TV because the laptop screen was broken. And I'd drawn a support line and I watched price come down to this support line and bounce off it. And it was at that moment that I was like, oh my God, like it's working. Like what I've learned to be able to draw a line on my chart, watch price come to it and bounce off it. And I thought, that is it. There's, it's right there that I was like, okay, you can actually, you know, learn this. You can actually predict the market. Um, and But I think it's moments like that where like, because, you know, if you look at trading every day, you know, it's going to either be really good or it's going to be heartbreaking. But I think if you look at the bigger picture and think, hang on here, you know, it is actually making a difference spending time on the charts. You know, because trading is like a roller coaster. You know, Monday, you, you know, you do your trading. Wednesday, you, you think you're rich. And then Friday, you're poor again. 
<laughs> you know, but I think if you look at it as a whole and think, hang on here, what am I, you know, have I actually learned? I think if you spend a lot of time learning the charts every single day and improving over time, you'll step back and think, hang on here, I am actually getting better as a trader. So if you had to have, so, like, yeah. give advice to yourself back then, now that you're sort of, you know, a few years on from that, what would your advice be? Um, don't follow signals. Don't follow account management, <laughs> anything like that. Because, you know, a, a lot of people get into trading and obviously they don't find a lot of time, especially working a day job. So they think, okay, well, I'll just get signals or get an account management or someone to do it for me. And I spent when I first got into trading that first year, it was horrible because like you've, you've spent a year trading and not actually learned anything apart from just following signals. So back then I would say, focus on yourself, spend more time on the charts learning and less time kind of not so much watching other traders. It's good to be, you know, watch other traders and be inspired by them. But you're on your own path, you're on your own journey. And it's, you know, the, the amount of time you spend on the charts, I would say, is priceless. You know, don't sit there and, um, you know, try and learn every single strategy. I think focus on one, focus on what works for you, your style of trading. You know, if you ask me to swing trade, right, I, I get swing trading, but it's not my style of trading. Holding trades for me is I don't like it. Right. And I'm not going to do something that I don't like. Find your style. You know, I prefer the one in five minutes and people say, oh, I can't trade that. And I'm like, OK, if it doesn't work for you, try try the, the higher time frames. Um, and that's what I would say is, yes, it's good to take advice from people, but work, do what you feel comfortable doing. Um, so that's my bit of advice I would say for myself is that you know, focus on your own path, what you want from trading and spend the time learning on that rather than kind of, you know, because you see some trader and you think, wow, what is he doing? And then that is it. You end up in a cycle of mm. trying out new things. And I think it's just you spend a year learning nothing, just going around in circles. It's horrible. So, so, so I mean, it's good advice. It's great advice, in fact. Um, like going back to your this indicator that you created for yourself, First yeah. of all, like, why did you decide to, to create one? And then, like, I mean, what gave you the idea around it? And then how did you go about sort of adding things to it? And did you have to, and what was the iteration process like? So when I first decided binary signals weren't going to work, I wanted to go down the route of learning to trade. And I followed a guy named uh, Lewis Hall. He doesn't trade anymore. He, he gave up. And I followed him on YouTube. And he used an indicator trading binary. And I used to watch it, you know, and I think, wow, like, what is an indicator? This thing looks fascinating. And I joined his Facebook group, ended up buying his indicator. And, you know, a very good trader. He'd do trading sessions every single day. And I used to, you know, back then when I was a beginner, I used to watch him trade. And he would consistently make profits with binary using the indicator. And I thought, that's the structure that I need because I was trying to learn price action, but it's like, you know, trying to put a needle in a haystack. It's like, you can't, where's the structure? And that indicator gave me the structure. And I thought that's what, that's what I need. So I ended up joining him for about a year, learned a lot about money management, patience, discipline. Um, 
And then he decided, you know what, I'm going to give up a trading. He ended up going traveling the world, shut his Facebook group down, YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, not to worry. I know how to trade now. Went off, didn't make a single bit of money. And then I thought, okay, I need to build my own indicator. Um, uh, and then I built the binary destroyer. Obviously, back then it didn't look like it did today. And that just helped guide me on what I was looking at on the charts. So my sole trading style is price action. You know, it's what I trend trading breaks, you know, break and retest support and resistance, high and lows. But the, the whole point of my indicators, it guides me. Is when I get a setup, I look at that setup and go, okay, is this a setup I want to take? Is it with the trend? What's the market telling me at that time? And that's where I've been ever since. I've never changed my trading style from that because I believe if it works for you, stick at it. People might tell you differently. People might give you, you know, but what, like you said, you know, oh, but you could have got more trades in that time by doing this. And it's like, no, but this works for me and I'm going to stick at it. Uh, and that's kind of been what ever since, because obviously with indicators, I think it's very controversial. You know, some people like them. People say they lag. Some people like, well, I'm just price action. But I think for me, it gives me the structure that I need on the charts. You know, I can look at a chart and just go, okay, well, I've got a couple of setups. What's what's happening? You know, I think the hardest point, especially when you've got a blank chart, is finding setups. Mm. You know, putting the levels on and trying to go, okay, what's the chart telling me? Where with an indicator, it's adding that already for me. It's my job to filter out the setups that it's given me, which ones do I want to take and not take? Um, and that's where I've stuck ever since. I've not changed it. I've always kind of, I guess I'm an old school trader. I'm just going to stick at that. That's my style of trading and I'm not changing it. And, and how did you sort of come up with the, uh, the, the, I suppose the format of the indicator, what it displays on the screen and like, cause I, I think for, I don't know if I've seen the latest version, what you've got there, yeah, but it yeah. looked like there was a couple of lines, like a channel kind of thing with two lines at the top and two lines at the bottom. Yeah. And then some arrows well. zones buy and sell zone so yep. we have an upper level which when price enters it would take a sell price comes down so it's almost like a channel and a range um but over the time as i started documenting it making youtube videos you know sort of teaching people new traders we've got a lot of experienced traders they added their little touch going hang on here jamie if you try this you know we add this in it helps so over time me and obviously my members we adapted it different styles of it, different strategies within it. Um, you know, if you're a trend trader, we'd change the settings. Um, and that's kind of really been where it's been. You know, I've always stuck, when I first traded it, it looked nothing like what it did. You know, it was literally just two lines and a, and a, and a star, which was telling me when to enter. But over the years, we've had, I've had, you know, new traders kind of join me and they've kind of said, you know what you need? You need to add this, you need to change that. And it's been adapted ever since. But realistically, my style of trading has never changed. It's always been the same. And so there's no like, I mean, obviously without giving away the IP, but there's no magical formulas in there or anything like that that you've come up with some mathematical calculation or is it more like I've added these indicators together and a bit of price action? And Yeah, yeah. well, that, that, that is it. So like, you know, um, I'll give you an example here. You know, a support line is a support line. But when you got a support line, the market overboard, overboard, it's giving you more possibility. You know, when you get the market overboard, 
at a support line with an engulfing candle, it's giving you more of a possibility. So that's how the binary straw is created. You know, the mog, one of the strategies, the Mogwai strategy, is based around two RSIs crossing over each other. So when I look at a support line, I know when I get a Mogwai arrow that the markets, the RSIs are oversold. Um, I know it's at a support line. I can see it. And then I have a MACD as well. Well, when I see the MACD crossing back over, I know that we are potentially reversing into an uptrend. And that's kind of what it's kind of putting all the factors of trading together to give me a setup. And then I look at that and go, okay, is that a trade that I want to take or not trade? But I wouldn't say there's any magic formula with it. You know, it's not just some secret recipe. It's just putting all the probability of winning a trade in your favor at one time um, and kind of going over the setups that it produces. And, and so like with your trading, I mean, what, how many instruments are you trading? What, what instruments do you look, look at? So I stick to the majors currency pairs, you know, USD, USD CAD, Aussie US dollar. And recently I've been trading a lot of gold because uh, I just like the way gold moves. I think it's just, it moves a lot more, it's more volatile um but yeah I, I mostly stick to those currency pairs the, the the majors and gold um i think they work the best um especially in the uk with that kind of trading um obviously i suppose you would be trading more the yen pairs wouldn't you over there during the asia session year uh the the yen pairs but obviously i'm awake for london as well so it's not too yeah. bad um, but yeah, I stick to I mostly just stick to the majors. I think that has the most amount of movement, um, especially like you know if you haven't got a lot of time to trade, you want to be trading those pairs that are moving the most. Um, so that's kind of where I am with the so majors and gold. I've been recently, especially the last year, uh, I had a member message him. You know, we have a trading session every Sunday, and he was trading gold, and I was like, okay, well, I need to trade gold. It was the only time that I've changed. I've took it you know, change my style of trading. I'll trade gold and I like the way gold moves. Um, I like that. Um, and I kind of stuck with that really, really for the last kind of six months to a year, I've been really hammering gold. I think if you stick to one currency pair or asset, you, you start to kind of not become one with it, but you start to learn. You okay, okay. It's been in a downtrend for the past week. I can see that. So we're looking for maybe a possible reversal happening. And I think if you focus on them, you become better. You know, I think a lot of traders try and learn 30 currency pairs at once, you know, and it's a, it's a nightmare, mm. you know, because it's like you don't know what any currency pair is doing any particular time. So at tops, I'll probably focus on maybe five currency pairs and gold. And um, what about, and what about other members? Are, are they trading anything else with your... Yeah, a lot of them trade indices, stocks, um which is good um we have a lot of members from around new zealand australia which tend to trade the yen pairs um but i've kind of you know from my side of things it's like i try not to get distracted by other people you know because you know people say oh you want to try this or you want to try that and it's like nope because you're going to distract my own trading as well if i start changing mm. um focus on I've always stuck to the to the major currency pairs in gold. Really, that's kind of where I've been. And, and down on those lower time frames, are you conscious of spread, commission, that sort of thing? Yeah. So especially with gold, you know, I mean, typical spread on gold is around 
maybe 15, 20 pips. Um, but obviously, I think if you're down to lower time frames, you've got to factor that in that you can't really be trading massive lot sizes because the overall spread is is massive. But the, the difference between time frames is not necessarily the entry points or the strategy. It's your target areas. You know, if you're trading the one minute time frame, your target's going to be maybe 20 pips. You know, but 20 pips on the one hour time frame is unrealistic. You know, you want to be targeting the 100, the 200 pips. So the actual entry points stay the same. So if I've got a setup on the one minute, it's the same entry point as if I had the one hour. But the difference is, is the target areas, the stop loss levels is um, is different on multiple time frames. And um, talking about, sorry, I suppose a typical trading session, I mean, how many trades would you take? So I trade Monday to Thursday. I don't trade Fridays. Weirdly, somebody back there, I can't remember, told me don't trade Fridays because it's the worst day. <laughs> so for some day, some unknown reason, I just don't trade Fridays. Um, Plus you get a three-day yeah, weekend I mean, as well. So Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> My trading finishes Thursday. Uh, but yeah, Monday to Thursday, um, I trade either the London Open, well, not London Open, just after London Open, or I trade late afternoon. And the reason why I stick to those is because when I was working a day job, those are the times that I traded when I had a day job. So again, I've not really changed what worked for me. So I've just stuck there. I'm either getting up in the morning, I'll look at the charts. What I'll do is just have a quick look at the news, see what's happening. Um, and then I will load up my platform, which is MetaTrader 4. I'll have the major currency pairs. And from then you'll be able to get a rough direction of what's actually happening. Um, and yeah, obviously in the afternoon, same again, a lot of movements has happened during the day in London Open. So I find late afternoon is more prices starting to settle down and starting to trend in a particular direction because you'll get London Open, it'll be ranging during the Asian, and then it will spike out. And then for that day, your USD could be in an uptrend. So when you come to trade in late afternoon, it's like, okay, I can see it's in an uptrend. We are possibly perhaps pulling back and then looking to maybe uh, take it long in the market. Now, you talked about like back in the day, you know, you blew quite a few accounts and you obviously got to the point where you didn't blow an account. I mean, how how did you, how were you going about funding accounts to that, that you blew and were they like horrific blows or, or not too bad? Yeah, so... So when I first wanted to trade, I was fixated on trading. I actually ended up splitting with my ex-girlfriend because she said, all you're obsessed with is trading. And I used to lie to myself because every single month I'd fund my trading account. I'd work a day job, you know, and I'd put them in a trading account. And I was lying to myself and I was lying to other people by saying, yeah, I'm making money in trading. Where reality was, I wasn't. I was just putting money into something that was I was losing. And... After about probably two or three years, um, I learned enough to be able to make profits. I was like, okay, I, I could find winning trades. But the weakness was consistent. It was just like, you know, I was going 20, you know, 10 steps forward, five steps back all the time. It was like I could make profits, I could make money, but my weakness was losing it. I was just losing it again, you know, and I knew that okay i've got I've, I've, had, I've had a good week i've had a good month but eventually something's going to happen 
And over time, I went from losing, from blowing accounts to losing 80% of my account, then 60%, and then 20%. And I was like, okay, you know, st- when, I, when I started trading Forex, is bring that stop loss down to 1% risk. You know, I think if you go straight in 1% risk, it, you know, as a beginner, it's, it's near impossible because your entry point has got to be perfect, but you're not that good of a trader to get a perfect entry point. So, you know, I went from having a 20% stop loss to a 15% stop loss to a 20%, you know, to a 10% stop loss to a 5%. And that's kind of how I started to become consistent was I could make consistent profits, but when I got a losing trade, I was losing 20%. Okay, so let's bring that 20% down to 15%. So next time I lose a trade, I'm only losing 15. And then bring that 15 down to 10. And then ultimately the goal is 1% risk. Um, And that's kind of how I slowly started to be consistent with my trading is that I, I, I turned a good week into a good month, then a month into a six months and then a year, you know, and it'd be like when I was losing a trade, I was losing two or 1% at most, but it's okay. Cause I've gained three or 5% in a week. Um, and that is it, but it's good that you touch on that because my, the, one of the difficult things with me with trading was when I became consistent because the feeling of blown account is disheartening, depressing. But what I didn't really kind of factor in was what it's like to actually start making good money with trading. That was the hardest part for me because, you know, when you blow account, it, you know, you spend about a week just not talking to anyone depressed, but that feeling of making good money with trading, you know, looking to go hang on here, this is something I could do full time. I could actually quit my job. It was, it was a feeling that I hadn't actually factored in. You know, people tell you what it's like to lose money or make money, but actually being in that situation was a very difficult situation for me, knowing that, hang on here, I can quit my job. I can do this full time. Can I, can trading pay for my bills? That pressure of, I've got a mortgage, you know, am I going to be able to trade and do it? You know, and then I remember in my first year of making good money in trading, I'd done like five times what I'd done in my day job. And, you know, it was such that feeling of, oh, I feel invincible now. I feel like, you know, empowered. I can do what I want. And it was a feeling that I just, I had never experienced before. And it was a very, weirdly, very difficult time because it was trying to handle that. What, you know, when you spend so much time learning to trade and you want nothing more, and then when you get to that stage, it's like, you know, it's a different, it's a different feeling and it's something that I couldn't handle. I mean, was, was there a, um, a figure that you had, like, was it a month, a month, like a winning month that you had that you were like, hang on a sec, I could, this is enough money for me to quit my job or this is how much I made during my job. Was there a figure there that you were looking at? Yeah, so- yeah, so when I decided I was going to quit my job, you know, I was earning minimum wage. I mean, like probably about twenty thousand dollars a year. You know, and, or, or, yeah, 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 be, 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 yeah, be about twenty thousand pounds in in UK. Um, and you know, I was doing probably five thousand pound a week, and I thought, well, I can do this full time. But it, but for about six months, I didn't. 
because it was like, is this even real? You know what I mean? It's like, it's that jump from quitting your job, doing it full time, having that pressure of, okay, I need to get some structure now. I need, this is going to have to pay for my bills. This is in my life. I've got to be able to make sure that I could, you know, consistently do this. Um, And when I did quit my job, it was such a, like I mentioned before, it was such a weird sensation because I'd had all this time I was trading and to be honest with you, I couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't handle it because, you know, what you spend so long learning to trade and when you get there, it's, it's a very surreal feeling. You know, yeah. you, you spent two years of blowing accounts of being depressed and then you start making money and it's a complete, the complete opposite. And it so, was just a sensation I couldn't handle. So, so um, like just to, to try and put, put it into perspective, like $5,000 a week, um, pounds a week is, is, a, is a you know good chunk of change for somebody earning yeah. twenty thousand a year. Now, what what kind of investments did you need to have, or account balance did you need to have to to make five grand a week? Was it significant? Did you have to build it up over a long time? Or yeah, so I built it to around fifty thousand, um, and then I built that to a hundred. So the way my trading style is is a hundred grand trading account, um, and then what I earn over that. So if I earn one, you know, a thousand. And if I earn 20 grand, I'll take that count back to hundred grand. Um, so I always start every single month, pretty much of a hundred grand. Um, I build it up and then I take it back to hundred grand. Uh, and that's kind of where I am. And then I use that to invest into other things because I still hold, I always have that inkling in the back of my mind where it's like, I don't just want to keep all my money in a trading account. Cause you know, I'm sure that you've met some big traders that will want to go big. They want to go a million pounds, you know, mm-hmm. 2 million, 5 million. And it's great. But I always, for me, it's always kind of, I'll stick with what works for me. It's like, I think going from, you know, going from a hundred pound count to a thousand pound count is a big step. But then from there to 10,000 to 50,000 to a hundred thousand is a lot to do with emotion, handling the money. You know, I don't want to be in a trade and I'm sitting there going, bloody hell, man, I'm in a hundred grand trade, you know, draw down and panicking and you know taking it to that next level because you see some traders that it's like yeah i want to compound my account from you know thousand dollars to 500 grand in a year and it's like okay we'll take baby steps you know if you can't manage a thousand pound account how are you going to manage 500 grand Mm. you know it's a completely different ball game um so i've always kind of the way i did was when i started making consistent profits i always kept it to around 100 grand and what I make over that, I would draw it. And I always keep that in the bank just as a safety net, you know, and I've always kept it like that. So hundred grand, in the bank, hundred grand, in my trading account. And then what I make on top of that is kind of what I, uh, is what I spend. And, and so can you remember the, the last deposit you made to get to that 50, 50 grand? Good God. Uh, probably about, probably about three years ago. I mean, recently with my uh, YouTube videos, I've been starting to build up small accounts. A lot of kind of my members have said is, okay, you know, you've got a large trading account, but how does that benefit me? You know, show me how to get to that level. Show me how to compound account because it's easy to say, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's, if you can control the motions of trading with big money is when you get to that level, it's quite simple because, you know, even if you're, you have one trade that one trade could pay for your entire bills for the month 
you know, when you've got a small account, it's not, not like that. You have to build it up. So recently I've been funding small trading accounts and kind of showing my members how to build it up slowly, how to compound it, you know, how to take it from a hundred to a thousand and then from a thousand to 10 grand and then from 10 grand to 50 grand uh, and so on. Um, because, you know, like I said, when you get to that level, it's, you know, I can imagine a million pound trading account. You can sit there and be like, yeah, okay, well, I only need like 10 pips a day, 10 pips a day, you know, I've earned 50 grand. It's like, well, that's great. But, you know, for someone that's just starting trading, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. Now, now, what about the, uh, what about how long did it take you to go from the 50 to 50K to 100? So when I'd, uh, so at the 50 was really when I started to make the transition transaction from binary to Forex. And so I realized that at that point, then when I left binary and said, oh, I'm not trading binary anymore and I'm moving to Forex, I needed to up my account size because obviously you've got leverage, you've got, you know, other factors in when you're trading Forex. So I, I, what I did was got my head down and I started to slowly build up. And I said for around, I said for around, I gave myself realistically about eight months. And I said to myself, I'm not going to take any money out. I've already had some savings. I said, I'm going to live off these savings. I've got enough now to pay for my bills for the next kind of year. I'm just going to slowly build it up, build it up, build it up. Um, and then when I got to 100 grand, I was like, okay. And then I thought about taking it to the next level. I thought I'd take it to 200, I'd take it to 500. But I thought to myself, no, I mean, you know, 100 grand, I'm making maybe 15, 20 grand a month. I mean, you know, that's more than enough. I don't need to take it to the next level. I don't need to put myself in, take, I don't need to take bigger risks. I don't need to, you know, I was quite, I'm quite happy now with just going, okay, I'll just what I earn over hundred grand a month. I'll take it back to hundred grand, take it out and then repeat the process. And have you ever thought like now, you know, I'm just thinking about the hundred grand, like, um, like these guys up here, city traders Imperium do like funded accounts where you can go through an evaluation for a few hundred quid and then they'll give you a hundred grand account to trade on and you take the profit. Yeah. Have you thought about that or does your style of trading, will that uh, suit the restrictions and around these kind of funded challenger? kind? Yeah. Of so I did, I did think about doing that. So when I, you know, like I said to you before the interview that I was going to go down London, do, you know, the uh, go down the institutional route and I thought, okay, you know, a million pound trading account, I'm sure I can handle that. But for me, the whole point, the reason why I got into trading was to give me a not a better lifestyle, but just didn't want to work a day job. I wanted more relaxed. I wanted to be able to do what I want to do. And I didn't want to take that trading to that next level because I thought to myself, I don't need to. I don't need to sit there and, and make astronomical amounts of money. It's like I'm, the fact that I'm making money from trading as it is, I'm happy. You know, I don't. I don't need to trade a million pound account and make, you know, 200 grand a month. It's like, realistically, what am I going to do with 200 grand a month? You know, um, and recently I just bought my dream car, which is a Lamborghini. And I think, okay, I'm happy. Got my new house, got my car. That is it. That That's kind of where I at is kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm a humble trader, but you see some YouTube videos, right? And you, you probably met some traders that just want to go all out. And I think, yeah, fair play to you. But for me, it's just not my trading style. It's yeah. like, you know, 
you spend so long learning to trade and when you get to that level it's like i'm happy with that you know if that's going to give me the lifestyle that i want and more i'm fine yeah no that's it's it's a really uh great approach to be honest because it's it's sort of where my mindset's at now like in terms of you know you don't need to to you know make you know 100 grand every month you know to live off even like supporting a family and having a decent life you don't need all that money um so just trim it back to what you need which yeah, is what, well, that exactly is it what because it is taking it to that next level is that it's not just you know you might have the money or you might have the funding be able to trade a million pound count but it's the psychological it's the emotions around it you know it's a different pressure it's a different ball game and i think you want to be what you you know trading if you want to trade every day you want to enjoy it you want to be relaxed you don't want to be sitting there you know nervous every single day thinking christ you know because you know you see some traders i've watched many videos and they're talking about being in drawdown you know to 200 grand and it's like i couldn't sit there and be in drawdown 200 grand yeah yeah, yeah look i mean you're right and these are sort of realistic um views of what actually happens when you've got the big money on the table which i don't actually hear that often on the on the show so i'm so glad you're sharing with it with us um that that's fantastic and it's really interesting to hear what you've got your thoughts on the like funded accounts and stuff um yeah. and and you know the freedom aspect of that and not having to to have that uh sitting over your head now um going into like some of the detail around your your stats and stuff so what's your winning percentage well, for last year, I I averaged, believe it or not, I averaged a 98. I, I can show you. 98% winning percent. Yeah, I'll actually show you my account history because I document it for YouTube. So I started prior, alongside my YouTube, I don't, I have run two accounts, one on my YouTube channel and one kind of private that, because I can't, I can't make a YouTube video while trading my, with my own trading account. So I trade on myself and then I'll do a YouTube video and trade another account. Uh, and on that account, I averaged a 98, but that was a different. So as you know, I recently moved house. And prior to that, I lived on my own. And for an entire year, I just smashed trading. Um, I did it all for my YouTube channel. And I averaged, I think, 586 trades in a year and did a 98%. Then I recently moved house. I'll show you. I'll show you. So, But then I recently moved house and I stepped back from trading. Because I remember you reached out to me probably about two or three months ago. Yeah, it was a while ago now, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's when I stepped back from trading because I got, for me, I was like, okay, I've done it. I've proved it. What next? And I, st- I, took a, I took a few months off from trading, bought a house, bought a new car, went traveling, went traveling around Canada. And I was like, okay, let, you know, I've got a few savings and uh, only recently I've started to get back into trading. I've got a new, you know, new office, new house. Um, and yeah, so we'll see what happens with the end of this year. Uh, I'm currently sitting at around an 80, 84%. Um, but obviously it's a di- different environment. I think, I think the environment makes a di- big difference to your trading. Yeah, that's, you know, that's I, phenomenal. I wasn't expecting ninety eight percent. I don't think that anyone's coming at that listen, high. Listen, I, I I I didn't right, and you know, but the way and I give people advice is that focus a lot on yourself and trading, right? If you rather than focus on the money, focus on becoming better every single day because the money will come regardless, right? If you're good at trading, the money's going to come. 
right? So don't focus on the money because you focus on the money, you're not going to ever be a trader because in the first year, you're just going to lose it. Focus on learning. So every single day, learn something new and then the next day implement it and then repeat that process. And that's kind of my advice to myself and to other people is that just focus on trading try and get better and better and better every single day you know now now what about like i just want to jump back into something you mentioned earlier on which was how you were going from like 50 percent to 20 percent to five percent with your like uh loss if you lost a trade now yeah from my because in my mind like you've got a stop loss point right and you put that stop yeah. loss in it's a line in the sand it's pretty much the same area wherever you're going to take the trade you know it's the same methodology as to where you're going to put your stop loss so was it that you were increasing your risk to risk 20 percent of the account but your stop loss was in the same point or did you just have a wider stop loss and you brought it forward to the point where it became one percent because you were more confident to have that tight stop loss yeah so yeah so obviously realistically always risk one percent on your stop loss uh but no so i always I kept it the same lot size, which was bad. So when I was losing a trade, I was going back 20%. Um, and, but that was just the early days of kind of understanding what it's like to be consistent because, you know, you, you would stick, I'd stick a 1%, 2% stop loss, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 pips. And it was just constantly hitting me stop loss. So, you know, like most traders do, it's like, well, if I don't have a stop loss, can't lose a trade. Yeah. But then you know, it goes wrong and you lose your account. And I thought, okay, well, let's start at the other end. Let's blow an account and then I will bring it forward. So it'd go from 100 to 90 to 80 to 70 to 60 the other way. Right. You know, okay. and uh, it was a bad way of doing it. But <laughs> for the way my logical thinking was, if I just stick a 1% from day one, I'm not, you know, I'm not that good enough to get perfect entry points. So why don't I just go, okay, I'll stick a 20%. If I can make 30% and I'll lose 20%, I'll gain 10. Right. And then over time, I was like, I'll bring that stop loss to 10% to 5%. And then eventually I got it to around, you know, two to 3%. So I was like, okay, well, I gain, gain 5% in the week. I'll have one loss. I've lost 2%. So I'm still up. Um, And then, Obviously, I did what what you just mentioned as well is starting to keep the keep the lot size uh, the, the lot size the stop loss the same. So I'd have a twenty percent stop loss, uh, a 20, 20 pip stop loss, but then reduce the risk. So that twenty pip stop loss would become one percent. Right, right, okay. I think I think I'm with you. So it's almost like if you had a twenty percent stop loss and you made ten percent, you'd have like it'd literally be a half hour trade, right? Yeah, so you know, so but if you had a one percent stop loss and a ten percent win, it would be a five hour trade. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one to five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But but the way I would do it was keep keep it simple. You know, twenty percent stop loss, hundred pip take profit. But I'd always use the, uh, I'd always use the same uh, lot size, Um, and then what I would do is obviously when I was losing a trade, you know, I'd lose one, two, three, four trades. I'm losing a lot because my lot size didn't change. What really should be is 1% risk and then 5% reward. Mm. Right. And what I was doing was I was ha- at the start, I was having like a hundred pip stop loss, hundred pip take profit. 
right? And I thought, hang on here. So I've got 50-50, right? What I need to do is bring that stop loss down and that take profit bigger, you know? And uh, it was that kind of, that that's how I would say made me a better trader was that every time I juice my lots, uh, my uh, stop loss is increased my take profit. Mm. So I started off here and then I was like, Oh, right. I sort of get you now. And so it was almost like your entry point changed to get yeah, closer so to the stop loss. Yeah. So when I started right. off, it was one-to-one, one-to-one. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's like, people go, but you need like a one to five. It's like, but most of my trades wasn't going five, you know, five times. They were only going one. So it's like, okay, well, I need to bring that to more five. So then I kind of made as a, that as brought me stop loss down. I increased me, uh, me, 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 me take profit. Yeah, but so, at the start it wasn't like that. So, so you, it's almost like if I, if I had to sum it up, it's almost like you moved your entry point closer to your stop loss, which indirectly made your profits bigger and your losses smaller. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very, very, very unique. I've never heard that. Never heard that. Well, it was just the way I kind of seen it at the time. It yeah. was like, okay, I've got, look, I'll make, you know, it's like I could get my entry point and I can pick me winning trades, but it was once I'm in a trade that the problem was, you know, because it was either my stop loss was too close and it was stopping me out. So I thought if I move my stop loss higher up, right, I'm going to lose more money. But then I think, well, hang on here, but then I'm, it's less likely to me stop loss, but then we take profit was also terrible because when I was winning a trade, I wasn't really, you know, gaining. So I was like, okay, I had to kind of make this kind of thing where bring me stop loss down, we take profit higher, and over time, I started to make uh, sort of be consistent. And uh, and do you do any like trade management whilst you're in a trade? Yeah, so I do when it comes to trades uh, because I'm a scalper. I actually physically watch my trading. So most traders I've used, you know, if they swing trading, they'll use a trading stop loss. They'll maybe close off half their position. For me, I will be, if I'm in a trade, I'm going to sit here and watch that trade. So I'll make a decision based off what I'm seeing at the time. If price is slowing down, if I'm in a trade, I'll give an example where, you know, if I've got a, uh, a 50 pip take profit and I see price starting to slow down at around 30 pips, I'll either make a decision to bring my stop loss to break even or look to close off maybe half of the position or close it all off. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's, I think there's a big difference between taking a trade and managing a trade. A lot of people focus on what to do. You know, a lot of people focus on the strategy, the entry point, but then there's a big difference between what to do once you're in a trade. It's not just fixed stop loss, fixed take profit, leave it. It's about managing it. Mm. You know, I take a going back to that 98%. In reality, that would have been a lot lower, but because I was watching the charts, I was closing some trades off early. I was looking at it and going, hang on here, this could probably reverse. It could hit my stop loss. Well, I'm just going to take profit now and walk away. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably why you got the 98% because you are managing it. on the on the go because otherwise yeah it's probably quite yeah, yeah, mo- yeah most in, in truth most of the trade you know m- more probably around 20 percent would have just gone you know would have reversed it the stop loss but because i'm sitting there physically watching it I'm, I'm closing off early and think okay i'll take the profit and walk away now at a guess is your exit based on the opposite signal on your indicator no it's not so 
it, it, it's not from signal to signal or top band to bottom band. It's so when I'll show you afterwards, we do, I have a uh, target. So I'll take a trade and then I'll look to see where that target is. Um, and then I'll see if that target is going to be hit. And if I feel it's not going to be hit, then I'll make a decision what I'm going to do. Should I leave the trade and see what happens or should I close it off or close off half the position or, or whatever? Now, um, I've hardly got through any of these questions here. Uh, we're already almost an hour in. Um, what about from a trader's mindset? So you've obviously got guys going through using your indicator and, yeah. and taking your memberships and stuff. I mean, what what do you teach people from a mindset point of view? Have you got any special hacks or tricks or something that you can share with us today? Um, I'd say focus on trading. I mentioned it before, focus a lot on trading. I think people need to understand that trading is a journey. It's not just a short-term thing. Okay, in your first one or two years, it's going to be a lot of losing money, a lot of disheartening. But I think if you enjoy trading, you focus on it and you, you know, do what works for you, do what you enjoy doing. You know, if, if you like trading, scalping, if you like swing trading, you like trading with indicators, you like perhaps using an EA, that's fine. Right. The main thing is, is do what you enjoy doing as long as you're enjoying it that's all that matters because the more you enjoy trading the more you're going to put into it the more you're going to get out of it if you don't like trading and you're getting upset or you're frustrated it's, it's not you know you're not you're not going to go anywhere in trading you're just going to go around in circles so i think do what you enjoy doing find a style of trading and stick to it until you get really good at it that's my advice to people now what about um, thinking back to when you sort of, if you look at yourself, I mean, do you think you've got any special traits that helped you as a as a trader? Um, no, I wouldn't say I'm any different. My biggest weakness was patience and discipline was non-existent before I traded. Um, just you know, I was like everybody else, just blowing accounts. But and but I think the whole learning to trade the journey and you have to adapt as a, as a person, both, you know, mentally, because you have to kind of your trading style has to, like for me, my trading style has been fast paced in and out scalping. I can see that's that I can see the lower time frames, I can see my entry points and I'm on it, you know, quick, 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 quick. And some traders aren't, um, they prefer the slower, you know, higher time frames, which is fine. But for me, that's what I've, stuck at it's what works for me you know i like that it suits just suits my style you know i like fast-paced trading and when do you know you'd crack the discipline part of it um when i started making consistent profits i mean when i started like i said when i started making profits it was a bit kind of it was another roller coaster i'll be able to stay that you know stay in profit but i learned that Every, not every day is a winning day because you know you get home from work you do your trading and it's if you don't if you're not placing a trade you feel like you're not doing anything you feel like you're missing out and it was understanding that okay i'm going to sit here i'm not going to place a trade until my strategy tells me i can um and then when that happened my the amount of trades that i took massively decreased you know i go from taking 30 trades a week to 10 trades a week you know, and out of those 10 trades, they were more consistent, more winners than there were losses. 
And it was then I was like, okay, well, I'm starting to learn about discipline and patience, you know, because most traders want to take 20 trades a day. Uh, but I'd say I'd be happy with one trade, one winning trade a day. You know, give me one winning trade a day. I'll be happy for the rest of my life. <laughs> and what about patience? I mean, did you... <laughs> Did you, did you find there was like something that you were like that clicked in you around patience? Um, no, not really. It's just the whole trading and it's itself, you know, when I, cause I'm a guy that likes to keep trading journals and I like to document my trading because I like to see where I'm improving on and see my weaknesses, you know, like going back to like, for instance, currency pairs, yen pairs, yen pairs don't like me and I don't like yen pairs. <laughs> I prefer the major pairs. Um, so from there, I would improve. I'd stick to the major pairs. And I noticed over time that I was being more picky with my trades rather than just trade, 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 trade. I learned over time to be more patient. And I think if you're more patient with trading, you become – someone really told me that if you're successful at trading, you're successful at life. And I could relate to that because you change as an individual. You'll find that you do stuff on trading and you do the same thing in real life. You know, like, for instance, being patient. I'm terrible at waiting in a queue at a supermarket, right? But I learn, okay, well, you know, I've got to be patient. I've got to learn to be like that with trading. And I've found, weirdly, I'm the same now in me every day. That is very weird. It's very weird. Maybe, and maybe look, that's that's something people who are struggling with patience can try and implement somewhere in else in their life. That that hundred percent. I think if you are a very unorganized person, your trading is going to be unorganized too. You know, if you have a clean environment, you know that's quiet, you can focus on trading it will the results will speak for themselves you know you can't trade when you've got screaming kids around you you know on a laptop on a sofa uh, just your trading is going to be chaotic like that but i think if you start to organize stuff you document your trading your journals you know you keep track of what are your best currency pairs your best time frame what works for you what doesn't you will find that will go into your life you know you start to organize your life a little bit better and I find that a very weird thing. And I remember when I said someone told me that, that when you're successful at trading, you're successful in life. And I'm like, you know, I don't even know what that means, but whatever. <laughs> and, th and then you do, you kind of sit back and think, I'm getting a bit more organized. Awesome. Awesome. That That's that's really, really good to hear because um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And even if, you know, if they've got a completely messy trading setup, maybe it's time to clean that up and see what happens to your trading. Now, um, We'll go through a couple of quick fire questions here and then, then we'll yep. wrap the show up. So what about a recommended book or resource? Book or resource. I used to follow a guy named Lewis Mocker. Um, he used to have a company called Infinity Prosperity. He closed that company down, but he's got some great content on YouTube about understanding money and concepts and stuff like that. You know, the whole point of trading is learning about money. And if you can understand that, you'll be able to control your trades a lot better uh, and everything like that. So he taught me a lot about that side of things. Okay, cool. We'll put it, we'll, we'll try and find something and put a link in uh, the show yeah, notes yeah. for that. Maybe his YouTube channel. Now, what about your preferred broker? Uh, I use IC Markets. 
Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Uh, and do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Worst ever trade? Um, yeah, I blew an account from it. I took a trade. Um, and I don't even know why I took the trade. I knew when I was in the trade, it went to around, this was way years ago. This was a uh, binary and I took a trade and I took too much of a, you know, position on it. It was way, way, probably about 20% of my account. And I literally just sat there. I lost the trade. I punched a hole in a wall. And then from there, I lost the entire account. I just chased my trades and blew the entire account. And I, cause it was just out of frustration, knew what I did was wrong. And I just let it just take over. Well, guys, I look, think everyone gets that. I think, I think you're right. And guys, the, the good news is if you look at Jamie here, it can turn out for the best, you know? Um, right now, last question before we uh, leave, what's the, um, what's one piece of advice for the guys listening? One bit of advice, focus on focus on trading okay i don't say i wouldn't say there's one particular youtube video or course or anything like that that will change your style of trading i think learn a style of trading you know take a course watch a youtube video but the most the best way to get out of trading is by chart time the difference in experienced trader and a beginner is the amount of time they spend on the charts not the videos or courses they've taken the more they spend on the chart the better you become that that's my bit of advice sorry there was one more question i forgot to ask what do you do around trading journaling trading journey so i keep a log of every trade that i take the top stop loss and take profit um and i just generally keep an eye on so the way i've always done it is I always focus on becoming a better trader looking at where my weaknesses are and how to improve on them um for example, obviously, when I lived on my own, I was doing really high win ratio. Now, obviously, I've moved house and I've got a you know kid. It is my trading environment's changed, so because of it, my 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 focus has dipped a bit. So I look, I write that down. I look at it and go, okay, well, I need to not trade yen pairs. Yen pairs, I don't like them. They don't like me. So I stick to my major currency pairs, and I'll look at you know, and I look in ways on improving it. Um, and and I think a lot of people need. Are you physically writing down this, or you've got a? How are you doing it? Like the actual journal? Yeah. So I have a I have a trading journal like this here. Right. And I just I, I simply write down Monday Euro USD sells, um, and then what I do normally is I just post it in my group and I say, look, took the sells. These are the reasons why I've took it. This was the t- take profit. This was stop loss. Whether it wins or loses. Um. So yeah, like I said, I always try and improve on my trading where I can. And how um, often do you go back and review your journal? I, I review it every. I don't do it every day. Probably every few months. I just sit there and look at it, and I I analyze where my strengths and weaknesses are because I I think if you don't do that, you don't know where you're improving. You know, if I think if you just look at your account balance and if you're not making money, you're failing. But what you're forgetting to realize is the mat you're learning. You might be you might be losing money because you're trading a currency pair that is losing you money, as weirdly as that sounds. Mm. 
right? But if you focus on the currency pairs or the strategies that are working for you, stick at it. Yeah. Focus on them. Cool. Right. Well, look, um, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, I've got a YouTube channel, the binary show you. Uh, I've got a website, uh, www.fxlearning.com. Um, yeah, so basically I just I do YouTube videos every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, some training, some me trading. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, look, guys, a big thank you to Jamie for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Jamie in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Jamie. Now, we did shoot a video where he breaks down what he does on a price chart over there on the Trading Night YouTube channel. So please go and check that out after listening to this. Uh, and also remember, June's Trading Up Funder Cup is now going to happen in July. More details on that to come. Uh, and also the Algo Funder Mastermind. Don't forget that that's happening next week. So if you're watching this in the future, you probably missed out. Um, there might be ones happening again. I don't know. But anyway, guys, if you're listening to this with enough time to get on board, then please head over there, tradingnut.com, link in the description or link, uh, actually it's in the description, or head over to tradingnut.com and you're going to find it. Uh, it's going to be a three-day live streamed event. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to come up with a trading strategy. I'm going to automate it and we're going to try and use this to independently pass funding challenges and then withdraw from them. So it's going to be a very dynamic kind of trading algorithm that you're going to get at the end of it. All right, guys. Thank you for watching and we'll see you in the next one.